This is Game Set Match Kentucky, episode 31, recorded on Thursday, June 22nd, 2023, entitled Brian the Intern. Hey everybody, it's time for another episode and another season of Game Set Match Kentucky where we talk about all things related to the Central Kentucky Tennis Series and maybe a whole lot more that you never asked for. And this is almost definitely going to be one of those days where we get into other topics that maybe aren't even tennis related. We're recording on Thursday, June 22nd, 2023. I'm Chris Godby, the chairman and one of the founders of the CKTS, where the lines are good and sandbagging is for golf. I'm not in my usual location. Uh, my home office in Russell Springs, uh, my kids are at home today and my wife is not working today. So there's a lot of busy activity going on at the house. And so I thought I'll go to my work office. I'm off today. I'm just using the office and I got all set up here and I'm ready. Uh, Chad Young is here uh, from his home in Scottsville. How's it going, sir? Going well. Just uh, got done with a tournament earlier, uh, I guess, last weekend and um, recovering a little bit. Um, I was glad I had the day off on Monday. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about your tournament uh, a little bit later in the program. Now, it's been a while since we had a, 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 an episode. We do tend to go through long periods of time without an episode. So it was in December. It's been actually six months and two days since our last broadcast when we had a, a Christmas episode. And we talked at that point about our wishes for the, our tennis wishes for the new year or uh, tennis Christmas wishes or something like that. And you mentioned that you just want to be healthy. And, and so how's that going? You know, I'd say I, I didn't remember that wish, but uh, I'm, I've been pretty healthy. There are okay. more immediate needs. So if I was going to ask Santa uh, for anything, um, whew, um, I would I, I would like to be fully healed. Um, oh, yeah. I feel like I've been dealing with <laughs> one nagging injury after another. Well. <laughs> You know, I just remembered, and as you get older, you realize uh, that happens from time to time. Um, I've been pretty healthy, except for uh, we went out uh, to Colorado on spring break. I decided to go skiing for the first time in probably 20, 25 years and took a pretty pretty hard fall and, and definitely, um, I think, maybe just bruised a rib. Um, but it, it set me back tennis wise for about three, four weeks. Yeah. Uh, I haven't skied in a while. makes me nervous. Uh, I worry about my knees. I do love skiing though. And, uh, maybe I may just stick to, uh, uh tubing, uh, you know, if, if I go back to the slopes, <laughs> so, I loved it. I, mean, I, I do. I'm dumb enough to want to do it again. Um, and I knew since it had been so long that there was a pretty good chance I was going to fall at least <laughs> once. And yeah. that first one was a doozy. And, uh, but I was really worried about tearing an ACL or mm -hmm. breaking an arm. So, you know, a little, little bit of rib pain, uh, it, it was well worth it. Yeah. Your knees are definitely in danger on the slopes, your back. Uh, last time I skied, I, I fell backwards and hit my head on some ice and mm -hmm. you know, that, that stung for a little, little bit, but I do, I do enjoy skiing right now. I'm nursing a partially torn Achilles. I think it developed this spring when I was playing in a mixed doubles league in Somerset and it's, I'm, I had to rest it for a while and and now I am rehabbing it. Hopefully I don't have to have surgery, but I've missed playing. It's been a few months. And uh, so we've got a lot of tennis to talk about. We're going to have a guest today on the program. Uh, so today on the show, we're going to talk about uh, the start of the 2023 season of the Central Kentucky Tennis Series, and uh, we're going to have a guest today. It's been a while since we've had a guest on the program, um, and we're going to say farewell to someone who's uh, been with us behind the scenes for several years. It's a, a new segment uh, where we're going we're gonna to have some guests, uh, more guests in the future, Chad, I think, and, and I'm going to call the segment Tennis Nuts, people that are crazy about tennis, and they've, they've got an impact on the game in some way, 
uh, and I couldn't think of a better name. So I think it's going to be Tennis Nuts. And if you think of a better name, we'll change it. We'll also oh, look yeah. at things that are maybe coming up on our uh, tennis calendars. Are, are you ready for me to tell you about Vision Cabinet Source? I'm definitely ready. Vision Cabinet Source is a kitchen and bath cabinet supplier that ships all over the United States and has for well over a decade. Whether you're building a new home or renovating a room in your home, Vision Cabinet Source can provide you with classic cabinet styles that are well-built and affordable. You'll also find that they go above and beyond to provide service that exceeds expectations from answering your initial questions to ensuring that you're happy with the final delivered product. Every Vision Cabinet is built upon their promise to deliver well-constructed cabinets made from solid hardwoods, classic versatile designs that complement your style, affordable options that fit your budget, on-time delivery with shipment within 24 hours, accessible personal service you can count on as well. They have many different painted and stained lines of cabinets that are stocked in their warehouse in Campbellsville, Kentucky. And in making these beautiful cabinets, they have a 17-step finishing process that assures top quality craftsmanship. Go online and look at their styles and designs for yourself. You'll agree that they do great work at an affordable price. Check them out on their website at visioncabinet.com, or you can call them at 270-465-3222. Be sure to tell them you heard about Vision Cabinet Source right here on Game Set Match Kentucky. Are you ready for me to tell you about Family Medical Centers? Tell me about Family Medical Centers. Family Medical Centers is a community health center with more than 155 locations throughout South Central and a portion of North Central Kentucky. They've been providing health care to Kentuckians for over 15 years. They provide complete primary care services and also offer pediatrics, OBGYN, oral health services, school-based health centers, behavioral health services, substance use disorder treatment, a pediatric wellness program, a workplace wellness program, and a discount pharmacy program, as well as outreach services, local scholarship opportunities, and much more. Family Medical Centers has been recognized as a national quality leader by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Check them out on their website at cfmcky.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash family medical centers. And you can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Cumberland FMC. And a big thank you to Vision Cabinet Source and Family Medical Centers for sponsoring Game Set Match Kentucky. Well, the 2023 season of the Central Kentucky Tennis Series is underway. We're a quarter of the way through already. It all began on Memorial Day weekend with the Baron Classic in Glasgow. Now, Chad, this is the first official tournament we've had on Memorial Day weekend. I believe we had one of your early, early tournaments uh, as a trial tournament or an exhibition tournament um, on Memorial Day weekend many years ago. But with, uh, I, I was going to just say that I thought it went really well. Uh, Trina Rickard as a director did a really good job. Once again, the, uh, she had a good number of players for everything that was going on. And let's take a look at everything that was going on. First of all, it's Memorial Day weekend and people are traveling. You're at a point in the calendar where you're between the high school regional tournaments and the high school state tournament. And uh, just a lot of stuff going on. And she still has strong numbers uh, and great weather, thankfully, mild weather. So um, you're taking a look, uh, viewers are taking a look at, at a few photos that I shot uh, at the tournament. Next, we went um, three weeks later. Uh, after the Baron Classic, it was time to cruise down I-65 to Bowling Green for the Kids on the Block Points for Puppets Tournament presented by Parker Lord and Foundation Solutions Group. That's always a mouthful <laughs> of a tournament name. Uh, Chad, you are the director and have always been the director of that tournament since its inception. Tell us a little bit about your experience that weekend and how everything went. You know, um, as you said, there, there's a lot going on in tennis. Um, this has been a pretty busy uh, last month or so. As you mentioned, we had the region tournament and Trina's event and then the state tournament. Then we hosted the 55 and over state championship out at the uh, Warren County Tennis Facility. Then the 40 and overs were in, in Lexington the next weekend and then uh, the, the, the Points for Puppets tournament. 
And uh, so it's been a kind of a whirlwind. Um, we had good numbers. Um, we had hot weather, but it wasn't as, uh, as, as hot as, as we'll have later on in the season for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, but we had a really good event. Um, everyone uh, seems to love coming to Bowling Green. We have great facilities and, and we only use part of our facilities. Uh, we use just the two sites at South Warren High School and Buchanan Park, which are only a mile away. Um, but, uh, you know, we've made some improvements, uh, to South Warren that I think has made it a, a better site. And we had a lot of, uh, a lot of good tennis, uh, over the weekend and, um, uh, it was a pretty successful event. Well, the viewers are looking at some um, pictures right now, including some uh, drone photos I took of the facilities. Uh, you had it at two beautiful facilities at South Warren and at Buchanan Park. And I know that you you uh, played a few matches indoors on Sunday. I was there most of the day on Saturday, as you know, but uh, on Sunday I was not there. And um, I know that you played a few indoor matches on Sunday. Was that just kind of, well, here we've got six more courts indoors. Let's, let's throw a few matches on. Or did you have a little bit of uh, dealings with the weather? Well, the first one we moved indoors was just a, a time issue. Um, we we were kind of getting a little backed up, so we had the courts inside, so I used okay. one. And then the second one, you know, we had kind of dodged a couple storms. Uh, Sunday, things were really kind of spotty thunderstorms, and we had dodged one, and we were getting – it was actually the last match of the tournament. Uh, it was the only match left, and um, I knew that if I moved it indoors, I wouldn't have to worry about starting a match outdoor and then moving it indoor and – uh, the players were at that point in time, some of them had played a couple matches already. So everybody was happy to go indoors. So that allowed us to, uh, just to kind of wrap things up in, in normal time and not have to move. And uh, so it's, it's great to have that indoor facility. I know a lot of players um, used it to warm up. You know, we had the indoor courts available for people to use. Um, we could move matches there if we needed to. Uh, but, you know, uh, people ask a lot of times, I mean, tennis is an outdoor sport and it's an outdoor tournament. So we only go indoors if we're forced to because of rain or if it's kind of a scheduling issue. Right. And uh, well, we won't go through the results of these first two tournaments today. I know that's something we kind of normally do, but um, I want to make sure we have plenty of time for our guest today. Oh, and another thing, too, is the point standings might be ready. Uh, for the next episode, they are not ready yet. I don't. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. Uh, but we're we're just about to bring on our our first tennis nut. For the last several years, our CKTS tournaments wouldn't have gone as smoothly as they did without the help of today's guest. For eight and a half years, Brian Hash has been the manager of competitive and recreational tennis at USTA Kentucky, where he oversaw junior team tennis and served as the tournament director for the JTT State Championships and the Joe Creason Jr. Qualifier. Brian oversaw sanctioned tournaments and player rankings. He's also been the liaison to the junior recreation, junior competition, and adult competition committees. He has trained and assisted our tournament directors. He's helped us with sanctioning our tournaments, and he has basically held our hand through many changes over the years. The sad news for us is that Brian will be leaving his position at USTA Kentucky at the end of this month, to embark on a career in finance. Brian Hash, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Tell us a little bit about your background in tennis. How did you get started and become a tennis nut? Well, as a kid, I started to play around the age of 10. Uh, there was a, a camp at the local high school that the, the high school tennis coach put on that I joined, was looking for something to do. Um, and just kind of picked up the sport pretty quickly. Of all the sports I played, I played a lot of sports when I was a kid. Tennis was definitely the one that kind of came to me the most natural. And even after that camp, my the, the coach talked to my parents and said, you know, I think he actually can, can play a little bit. And so we started to sign up for novice tournaments and find other little things we could do. And just that it just went from there. So I played all through uh, – high school. And even when I went to college, I went to Western Kentucky University in the summers and the holiday breaks I was on, I was signing up for adult league teams. So I, I continued to play uh, for, you know, into my adult years too. And then uh, when I got out of college, I got out of college with a degree in broadcast journalism, was working in television and radio for several years. And 
there was a point where I was ready to do something different. Um, and a, a teammate of mine from one of my adult league teams was working for the USTA at that time. And there happened to be a position open on this staff. And so um, I went for it. And that was eight and a half years ago. And at first I started with the recreational side of things with kids. And then um, a, a year or two into my time, I also took on the, the competitive side of things as well. So uh, it's been it's been almost a lifetime sport for me, for sure. Can't believe you get out of the highly lucrative business of uh, broadcasting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, to say I was the low man on the totem pole most of that time would be an understatement. I was working Sunday mornings, 4 a.m. to 10 a.m. and uh, all just all kinds of weird hours. It was exciting work. You, you got to do some really cool things, um, but uh, the pay wasn't that great and the hours were rough. And there was a point when uh, it was time to do something a little more, I don't know, stable, I guess, yeah. the way the, I would the, describe it. I think the picture on the wall behind him uh, probably had something to do with that too. Yeah, that, yeah. that was a factor. I mean, I, I definitely, when I started in TV and radio, wasn't dating anyone at that time. By the time I was getting out, I had started dating someone. So that, you know, having those hours available to me was important. And then, um, yeah, that guy right there, well, let's see, on this side, he he came along a few years ago. So, uh, yeah. Well, I can't, I can't thank Brian enough. Um, as Chris said, I, people have no idea how important Brian has been uh, to the success of our tournaments. We've, we've gone through kind of a, a pretty seismic shift in the way that we run tournaments um, and the software that we use over the last couple of years. And he's been hugely um, uh, helpful in, in, in helping us transition, but he's also taken on more work. It used to be where the tournament directors would enter the results or the entries themselves. Um, but since we've moved to a new platform, I mean, every single entry um, that when people register for a tournament, um, Chris sees it, I see it if it's my tournament, and Brian sees it, and Brian is the one that has to put in um, all of those entries. Um, and, and as Chris said, I mean, sometimes that's, you know, 200 plus. And um, so, you know, Brian's really the first step in, in, our, in our tournament getting uh, kind of underway. And then he's always been there to, to answer questions because um, there are always little issues with um, – players and withdrawals and whatnot. So uh, I just want to say thanks because Brian has been a huge asset. Well, I appreciate it. And I think it's been a, you know, a mutual thing for us, you know, yes. Um, uh, I've been able to do a lot of that work that you mentioned, but on our end, we brought a lot of your players kind of into our system. They, they now have USTA accounts. They get to see a lot of the other programs that we, we offer. Um, and I got to, you know, as, as Chris said, I got to train seven or eight tournament directors on our system, which is a huge thing, trying to get people kind of informed on this new admin system that we uh, released in 2020. Um, so, you know, it's been as much a, a benefit for us as it's been for you all. So I, I told Chris I was going to ask a question about, um, you know, kind of where tournaments like ours fit in the overall um, picture. And obviously, when you talk about playing USDA tournaments, a lot of people think of the, you know, the highly competitive, you know, you mentioned, the, uh, Chris mentioned the Creason, you know, it's a, a, a qualifying tournament, you know, we're talking about level threes, fours and fives. And, and when, when, there, when the effort was made to um, make our tournaments sanctioned, because I mean, the CKTS has been around for, you know, 20 plus years and we've only been sanctioned for the last couple. Um, and I, I know the USDA kind of um, thought there was value in, in smaller, I'll call them community-based tournaments like ours. Mm -hmm. And so what do you see um, from your time at the USDA, the value of, of having the tournaments like ours? And then also at some point in time, kids transition from our tournaments and need to start playing some of the higher level tournaments. That's right. I mean, the reality is the majority of kids that are playing tennis are going to be what we would consider intermediate kind of players, right? They're probably not going to play division one tennis or professional tennis. Okay. That's not the path for most kids. And so 
I, I think a thing, a reason the CKTS was attractive to us to try and partner with is you all had this system in place of community-based tournaments. I think that's a great way to describe it, where you have a group of tennis players who want to play tennis. They're not looking to travel to other states to play it, and their community is offering these events. And, you know, you all just had it so well organized, and, and it's been so long-standing that it was just kind of habit for a lot of people in that region to play these tournaments. Um, and they just fit what we really tried to focus on, which is the reality is the majority of kids are kind of in that skill level that the CKTS tournaments really are attractive for. And, um, you know, so for us, I mean, it just, it just kind of was a perfect fit, a perfect puzzle piece for us. Um, when we really started to kind of increase our, our partnership on the junior side, on the adult side, adult league from USCA standard is it just swamps a lot of the things that adults do. And so we have always struggled to create and, and grow independent adult tournaments. That's where you all, and there's a couple other tournament series out East that have had these adult tournaments for a long time. And you all keep those adults playing in tournament play, which is something that we are very um, you know envious of that you all have been able to keep your adults playing tournaments and not just focusing on adult league. So I think we're just, you know, I've always been just wildly impressed with how, how well you all run things, how you, you know, your players clearly love running, uh, clearly love playing your events so much. That they just come back year after year. And that's just, that's how you all do your stuff is how we'd love to do the things outside of CKTS in the, in the tournament world. Well, I definitely appreciate all those kind words, and it's it's absolutely true that our, our partnership has been mutually beneficial. I think it's opened up some doors for both of our organizations, and it's it's been a really good partnership. Now, I want to I want to shift gears or change gears just a little bit, Brian. A lot of our listeners wouldn't know this. I bet a lot of our tournament directors don't know this because you're kind of low key about it. But you've got this parallel career going on as a sports journalist. You, you mentioned that you were in broadcast journalism uh, as, a, as a student. And uh, you've got this uh, sports journalism career going on under the moniker of Brian the Intern. Yeah. And probably the first time I heard you on radio was the post-game show of the 2012 National Championship where the UK men's basketball team, the Kentucky men's basketball team, won uh, that national championship. In fact, they replayed that show just a couple of years ago, that post-game show on yeah. KSR. And I had seen your articles on Kentucky Sports Radio, Kentucky Sports Radio.com. I'm sorry. Uh, mm -hmm. but it wasn't until I started following you on Twitter. I think Matt Jones had retweeted one of your tweets and I, I clicked on it to, to read it or whatever. And I clicked on your profile and I recognized you. And I, I remember texting you and I said, wait a minute, are you Brian the intern? <laughs> and you were like, yep, that's me. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, can, can you tell us about how you got got started writing for K KSR and, and sure. what that experience has been like? And and Chad will just kind of have to sit through it because he's from Indiana and he's an Indiana basketball fan. So mm. bear with it for a few I'll, minutes, Chad. I'll like, make him wait as long as possible sport. then. I'll, I'll get my trash can. <laughs> Do we want to do we want to break down the 2012 NCAA tournament game that year? I think we need or, to go back. You know, we can, I, no, I think we need to go back to earlier in the year in November. That's the to that, that's mean, the one to that, meaning, to that meaningless to regular, regular season, season game. Yeah. Shot yeah. From, is what I think about and when I think of the 2011. Mm, I'm sure. Season. <laughs> yeah. That's all. You that's know, all it, Indiana fans think I, about. I think. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we can fast forward to the 2016 NCAA tournament too, Brian. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't See, remember this, that, one. that one. I wish Chris hadn't told me this before we started, because I mean, Brian knows, and I'll let him get back to the question was asked. I mean, I used to work in radio, and um, we brought KSR on, I don't know, uh, about six, seven years ago, I think. And, I mean, we're a conservative talk station, and um, and we're a talk station. And so to bring a sports talk program that's hosted by someone who's not the most conservative was a, a little bit of a, of a leap, and I got a whole lot of hate mail. 
Um, but I had, and I've known Brian Hash for a long time. I had no idea there was this connection. So my mind yeah. was kind of blown. Yeah. So when I got out of college, I, I got an internship at a just a really bad radio station in Louisville. But um, one of the shows on that radio station was a show called The Sports Mob with Matt and Rob. And Matt Jones was the Matt of that duo. And I just by chance got kind of paired with that show as part of my internship was this is a show that you're going to help out with. And so I got to know Matt in the summer of 2007 doing that show. And then when my internship ran up, they hired me on just part time as a producer for that show. And then in like November of that year, I didn't I mean, I barely even knew about the website because at that point, the website was it was a blog and it was not a popular thing. It was just something Matt did with a couple buddies. But he said uh, he had this post he had in mind where like he wanted the readers to be able to see all of the pertinent newspaper articles and links at different websites. And he wanted to kind of dump them all into a post every day so that you could just go there and click on everything UK related in one stop. And he was like, do you want to do this? And he was like, and I'll let you kind of, you know, if you want to, you know, put your opinion in on that, that's fine. But this is the main thing. And I said, cool, why not? It didn't pay. It was unpaid. It was, but it was just like a chance to write a little bit and it'd be on this website. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, Matt had no idea what was going to become of what ended up becoming his life. And I had no sense at that moment what it would become. And it's really just the luckiest thing I've ever been. I've just tripped into quite honestly. And to Matt's credit, you know, I think I was dependable. I, I posted daily. I tried at that time. And, you know, he has found much better writers than me. He has found people that have dedicated that, like, this is their full-time life. It was never my full-time life. But Matt has never asked me to stop writing. He's never, he allows me to post, you know, um, generally what I want, when I want, and, uh and I've always been really grateful because I've always thought there might be a point where he just says, like, we got people that are doing this full time. Why don't you step aside? He's never done that. He's been very loyal to me in that way. And so I'll, I'll always be appreciative. But I don't think in 2007 we had any clue what would become of the site and then the radio show. And when he started the radio show, I was working at that radio station. This is a different station than we started at. And so I did a lot of stuff to to help build that show up initially. I, I didn't work with Chad, but the first two or three affiliates that we added with KSR were affiliates that like I was calling in Somerset, I think, and I forget a couple other places, but I was kind of at the beginning of that, of like trying to get the show statewide. Um, and that was, it was hard to convince people at that time, like Chad talked about, you know, you have a conservative talk station bring on this radio show with this liberal guy really uh you know that was a hard sell sometimes but i think those who have jumped on it now recognize the advantages to it and the audience he brings so it's it's been wild i having hung out with matt a little bit at different uk events i wouldn't want his life for anything his oh. he is just he's pulled at and screamed not screamed at yes. negatively necessarily but just Everyone wants a piece. Everyone wants a picture. Everyone wants a yeah. everything. And that to me is why you talked about me kind of keeping them separate. And that's why I'm happy that it, I didn't have my actual name on it. I had this kind of nickname and I always kind of kept them separate because I, I didn't want that notoriety. You know, I didn't want anybody to really know when I go out to a restaurant who I am and that I've been able to kind of keep that. And that's been, I've, I'm happy I made that decision. So since this is a, a tennis podcast, I have to I have to bring up the fact that it, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Matt says he played tennis. Uh, what in, in White is it Whitesville? Is uh, Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough Independent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we but, went and played a couple times, and this would probably have been like ten years ago. And Matt okay. can play some. 
This was my next question. This was my yeah. next. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry about that. You're going to ask no, if they've no, ever no. played? I, I, no, I wrote it on a post-it note just a, just two minutes ago. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah. I mean, he, he can play. Like, he, he can play, but, you know, uh, I could handle him pretty easily <laughs> on the court. Uh, hopefully he doesn't see this because he's going to probably call me out on the, on his radio show about it. But um, no, he 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 can play he can play a little bit. You know, I can well, see Matt when he says you know he did invited well. to be on this program, uh, and I have actually had a, a quick conversation with him about it once, and it never materialized. But he, he seemed willing to, to come on. Maybe I'll I'll let him come on and defend himself. But that that was a question I had: is can you beat Matt in tennis? And it sounds like you can or you have we haven't played in a long time when we played and we played like once or twice i was able to beat him i don't know i'd say six two six three in a set so it was kind of that where it was competitive but i wasn't that concerned <laughs> about losing it necessarily and i know you know i know uh i know his back has been giving him fits lately so yeah. i'm not sure uh I'm not sure how much he's playing or or if he even really could right now, but I I I'd love to set a match up or something. You know, that'd yeah, be that'd be a lot of fun. How's there not been a, a Ryan Lemon uh, Matt Jones mm. match? I mean, because mm. that would be entertaining <laughs> for different reasons. <laughs> well, and I appreciate you know Matt. Uh, you know they have this guy that calls the show that wants to pitch a pickleball all the pickleball time ball, and Matt yes. has been Matt has been like a wall against pickleball for for a while so I've always appreciated that if you uh if you believe pickleball and tennis are our rivals I Matt's always taken the stand for tennis so uh, I have referred to um it's gonna make some people mad but I've referred to pickleball as tennis's ugly cousin <laughs> I think that's a fair fair comparison <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, it's the whole KSR thing has just been, it's just been a wildly, I'd say stupid in the good way. It's just been this stupid thing that I've been a part of, and I've always kind of just been on the fringes of it, but I've been so appreciative that I've just had that little bit of like impact with it. You know what I mean? I, I never wanted to be Matt or Drew or Tyler or any of the main writers. That's just never been my thing. I've like just having my own little niche. Mm -hmm. wild opinion piece that I can put out every now and then. And I think I've just owned that. And I've really, I haven't regretted that for a second. Brian, what, what are you going to miss about working in tennis as a profession? Well, first off, USTA Kentucky staff is tremendous, you know, and, and um, you all dealt with a variety of these people over the, over the course of time. Um, it is just the best workplace I've ever worked at. Both relationships with everybody is great. You know, our boss is fantastic, Jason. Um, there's just a lot of support and, and it's just all positives there. So I will miss that because I think that is not something you get at every workplace, you know? Um, and then for me, there are two things that I'm going to miss on the, on the actual tennis side of things, especially leaving now and thinking about some of the kids that I saw play when they were eight, nine, 10 years old. And then I went to the state tournament a couple weeks, weeks ago and seeing those kids winning state championships or, you know, going deep into the tournament and seeing them now at 16 years old, 17 years, whatever. It's crazy to me that I've pretty much seen their entire junior career, but it's been, you know, when those parents come up and say, thank you for what you did for them when they were nine, and now they're competing for state championships, that kind of makes it feel worth it for sure. And then, you know, we have built an adult recreation program in Louisville and Lexington and Somerset called Drop Shots that I'm really proud of because it's something that um, I built from the bottom up, you know, and it's just been growing and we're getting people who are looking for recreational adult tennis. So not adult league, but looking, you know, for what we always call like rec league softball, but for tennis. Um, and that's just really been wildly successful for us and kind of being on the ground floor and seeing that built up um, 
and knowing that I can leave that to the next person and it's there, you know, it's not, it's not going anywhere. It's going to be a stable program we've got moving forward. That feels, that feels really good too. And I'm going to miss kind of being a part of that. I've played drop shots many times in Somerset and I uh, didn't realize you were uh, so much a part of, of, of that, getting that started. So uh, I appreciate that. I had a lot of fun with that. And, it, and so that's, uh, it's been a, been a fun thing to do. I, it's been a couple of years mm -hmm. since I've been able to do it, but I was kind of there playing with them early on. So speaking of playing, do you, do you foresee yourself still playing a lot of tennis, even though you're not doing it professionally? Oh yeah. I could see myself playing more tennis now than I have because <clears throat> for instance, drop shots is a good example. You know, that is the kind of league that I would love to play in, but I ran it, you know, I was coordinating it. And so I didn't, I couldn't play in it. So now that I'm no longer going to be coordinating it, I could see myself signing up and just becoming a player. Um, I had not played adult league tennis since 2020 because our son was born in, in, uh, January of 2020. And then obviously COVID happens and just going through all of that and getting through infancy stage and just all those things that occur, I really had dropped out of playing competitive tennis. And then this uh, summer I started playing mixed doubles and signed up for mixed doubles and I've just really enjoyed it. And that, you know, now our son's three, so it's just a lot more manageable. Um, and so I, I actually think I'm going to be playing more tennis kind of moving forward now that I'll, I'll be stepping away from the professional side of things. You can follow uh, Brian Hash on Twitter at Brian the Intern. Uh, that's at the bottom of your screen. Uh, just this week, uh, KSR posted a video featuring Brian. This is the first time I'd seen you do a video, Brian. Maybe you had before, but this is the first time I've seen one. And it was called yeah. um, The Top 50 Most Impactful Moments of John Calipari at Kentucky. I'll I'll also put a link to that video in the show notes or anybody can find it at KentuckySportsRadio.com. Uh, by the way, Brian, the news just broke on Wednesday that Antonio Reeves has returned to the UK men's basketball team. I had totally given up on him, and I think most fans had since he was enrolled at Illinois State for summer classes. Now, would this have possibly his return have made the cut in your video, or is it too early to to make that kind of pronouncement? Well, I think in part it will be what actual impact will he have on the team this upcoming year. You know, so there is some debate on actually what his role will be on this year's team because they do have quite a lot of good guards and wings coming in from the freshman class. And so if he plays the same role he did last year, which is, you know, providing a lot of points, um, and this team that's upcoming makes a deeper run into the tournament. I think you could absolutely say that's that would be, that'd be in the running because without him, it was just going to be such a freshman heavy team that it was hard to see them being able to make a final four kind of run. So he could be that kind of stabilizing piece that gets you there. And if he does, then I think, I think he becomes a fan favorite. One of the, one of the most fan favorite players of the Cal era. And then, you know, I think that him coming back would be in the running for most impactful. Well, and the he, KSR if he radio does show. If he doesn't, if he doesn't, and they have a season like they've had the last couple, turn the heat up on Calipari. Turn it up. Uh, I, the hot, I think. The it, hot I think it's already. I think it's already oh, yeah. up pretty good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they're in a tough spot with Cal for sure, and he needs this team to be good. He just does. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to leave, and I don't think they can fire him. But I think, you know, you don't want a fan base who hates you at UK. I mean, that's how it kind of got with Tubby, I think, at the end. I'm not sure they were going to fire Tubby after that year that he left, but the fans had been done with him. And so that just makes it a miserable experience. So, And I think that's where the fans are teetering right now. If you have another 8-9-10 10 loss season and you don't make the Sweet 16, I think the fans are done. And, and that's just not sustainable. Well, with a key piece like Reeves returning, uh, what are our chances of cutting down the nets? Now, and, and let me clarify that. I don't mean like cutting down the nets after a regular season loss where you finish tied for uh, the division championship or the conference championship. Yeah. I'm talking about cutting down the national championship nets. What are the chances? 
well, no matter how good your team is, Did it's really hard head, to win Chad? that. <laughs> now, Chad understands. He Go gets ahead. it. He gets it. It's really hard to win a national championship, no matter how good your team is. A lot of really great teams, as UK has shown under Cal, don't win the national championship. I do think that what this team has to do is they need to be good from the beginning. Like, I think people have reached the end of, oh, give them three months and we're losing to Duke at the beginning of the year and we're losing to Kansas at the beginning of the year and we're losing to, you know, the good teams we play, we just lose to all of them. And then we hope and pray that the team is good in February and March. I think people are just done with that. And the thing that scares me is it seems like the team that he's got coming is that kind of team that's going to need months to get good. Um but ultimately, whether they're good or bad during the regular season, if he can make it to the Elite Eight or beyond, I think everyone's kind of will be back on board. I would say their chance of winning a national title, I don't see it with this roster. Unless a couple of these freshmen are John Wall-level freshmen, where they're that impactful. They're All-American-type players. Maybe DJ Wagner's that person. But it seems like in the post, they are thin. They are... They have no depth, really. Are they skilled? Aaron Bradshaw just broke his foot. So there are a lot of question marks. Hopefully, you know, though it doesn't come back to bite them. But I I definitely go into this season a little hesitant to hype up this team as much as we've done and with a lot of teams. I, I very much more in a wait-and-see kind of mode with this team. Are you sure that Bradshaw broke his foot? I haven't seen him. Well, I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And you won't, you won't see him probably. Uh, that's, I don't know. That's, that's what they say. And then of course the videos came out of him playing yeah. a little bit at camps and he looked okay. So I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm going off that report, but even with him, they were going to be a bit thin in the front court and, you know, foul trouble or whatever the case may be game to game, that can be tough. So I, I, they need a couple, I think at least two of the freshmen coming in to be like the old Cal freshmen where they are just elite star players from the beginning. And if that happens with Reeves in there and, you know, I think you're okay. They'll be, they'll be fine. Are they national title contenders? I, I don't see it really with this roster, but you never know. Well, that's awesome insight. Chad, did you make it through that, all that the Kentucky basketball stuff? Is your stomach doing okay? This is one of the hardest podcasts I've ever had. I just want to make sure you're all right. Uh, as, but, long as, as long as Indiana doesn't have to face like St. Mary's or, you know, a BYU, then they're probably okay for the tournament. But you face powerhouses like, like those schools, what, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? Oh, Brian, it was, it's been great having you on here, and I appreciate all the uh, additional insight into uh, Kentucky sports, even if it made Chad a little bit miserable. Chad, thank you for being such a good sport uh, with the, the whole Indiana thing, too. Uh, Brian, we're going to miss you. Uh, we're going to miss all the help you provided. Uh, I'm going to miss the help you've, you've given me and, and all the, the discussions and um, all the help you've given to the tournament directors and, and all the training. Uh, I Definitely wish you the best of luck. I, I hope that our paths will cross again uh, somewhere yeah, I mean, down I've the got, road, I mean, whether Brian, it's uh, on the tennis court or whatever. Yeah, I mean, Brian says he's going to play some more tennis, so we're going to have to get him down to a CKTS event. Get him on the tour, that's, absolutely. That's, How about we set plausible? up a, a doubles match, Chad Young and Chris Godby versus uh, Brian the intern and Matt Jones? You count me in. Count me in. You have to watch Matt's line calls, I hear. Uh, uh, or his or his back. You got to watch his back too. <laughs> He's yeah, gonna be crawling uh, around yeah. at some point. He'll but, pull uh, up lame with his back. I was speaking of know, which, by the way. Now this this may have already been taken care, of, but on yesterday's uh, Kentucky Sports Radio, Matt said he was uh, having trouble finding uh, a fill-in host one day of his vacation, maybe next week. And I just wanted to put it out there that Chris Godby and Chad Young of Game Set Match Kentucky are free and available okay. if he wants to give us a call. We're not doing anything that day, whatever day that is. Okay. So. Yeah. Whatever day he picks, you've got. Well, Brian, thanks again. And I okay. really appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you again sometime soon, I hope. I appreciate it. I thank you for the kind words. I am going to miss doing this tremendously, and you all have been a joy to work with. I have nothing nothing bad to say, and like I like I said earlier in the 
podcast, the thing you all built and you continue to build and sustain is really something to be celebrated. And I know from the USDA's perspective, it's, it's kind of one of the gold standard things that goes on in tennis is CKTS. So wow, keep up the good work. And that is high yeah. praise. No, you deserve it. You deserve it. Well, Thanks, thank Brian. you so much. Thank you all. See you. Let's take a quick look at what's coming up next uh, on the calendar for the Central Kentucky Tennis Series. We've got the State Farm E-Town Open that's happening on July 1st and 2nd in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Entries are open right now, and the deadline is this coming Tuesday, June 27th at 6 p.m. It's uh, the biggest, if not one of the biggest, tournaments that we have on the tour every summer. Right after that, two weeks later, will be the Miller Park Tennis Classic. That's in Campbellsville, Kentucky on July 15th and 16th. Entries will open on Monday, July 3rd, the day after the State Farm E-Town Open ends. And the deadline uh, for the Miller Park Tennis Classic is Tuesday, July 11th at 6 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. You can always visit cktstour.com to get information about our tournaments or register for our tournaments and to see our complete tournament schedule. I'm in. Uh, yeah. I've, I've played E-Town in over 10 years, but I, I registered yesterday. I saw your registration. I saw I saw the uh, part of the registration come through. What did you actually sign up for? Mixed Playing open. doubles? Yeah, mixed open. Mixed open doubles with? Uh, Minda Schaefer. Okay. So we played mixed together last yes. year in the state tournament. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to play um, – in the state term this year together, but we mm -hmm. decided to play some mix. So uh, I'm, I'm excited. I haven't played at Freeman Lake. I've coached at Freeman Lake several times, mm -hmm. but I've never played there. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure Karen will roll out the red carpet. I hope she will. I'll, I'll give her the heads up that you're coming. You should wear that uh, crown and cape no. that you wore at the Halloween event <laughs> and just make it a real deal. How about that? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> well, for more tennis action that's going on around the Bluegrass State, uh, check out USTA Kentucky. Go to USTAKY.com or KentuckyTennis.com. You can also keep up with them uh, on Twitter at USTA Kentucky or on Facebook at USTA Kentucky. You can also email us your tennis event information to info at GameSetMatchKY.com for any leagues, camps, tournaments, clinics or anything like that you have going on. We don't have a challenge the call this week. Uh, send us something to challenge at gamesetmatchky.com if you want us to discuss it on the show. Uh, hopefully we'll have something like that for you soon. But that's going to just about serve out another extended length episode of Game Set Match Kentucky. And I really appreciate everyone for listening. I welcome you back to a sixth season of the podcast. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this on any major podcast app or platform on your mobile device. And in your uh, mobile device, you can go in and give us a quick review and a five-star rating. We'd appreciate that very much. You can always visit gamesetmatchky.com for all of our episodes and show notes and more. Uh, please go and give a like to our Facebook page. It's uh, facebook.com slash gamesetmatchky, or you can search for Game Set Match Kentucky, the podcast. Also give a like to Central Kentucky Tennis Series on Facebook, if you would, please. It's facebook.com slash Tour. Chad is on Twitter at Chad Young Tennis, and I'm on Twitter at Chris Godby. Thanks once again to our sponsors, Vision Cabinet Source and Family Medical Centers. Chad, it's been a long one. I know you've got to get to work, and there's that sound. <laughs> Oop. Hawkeye says we are out. So until next time, I'm Chris Godby with Chad Young, and this has been Game Set Match Kentucky.
I have another question. It's kind of uh, a little bit of a tangent, but I, I know some big time UK fans and uh, there, there was one who, um, who was playing in the 55 state tournament. Um, and we were, we were, we were curious to know how he would handle being on the court with probably the, the, one of the best um, UK great basketball tennis players, and that's Kyle Macy, who's still very active. Um, and I wonder, um, have you ever played with Kyle? And since you're a big UK fan, did, did that leave you starstruck as well? So I have never played with Kyle, but know of Kyle's like, you know, he, Kyle's a highly skilled player. But I've actually worked with Kyle on a few tournaments. He used to uh, help out with a couple tournaments in Lexington. And to what was funny was the first time I met him, I knew of him, certainly. But he's a he's before my time. But I told my dad <laughs> that, you know, I have this meeting with Kyle Macy tomorrow to talk about tennis. And he just was like, well, can you ask him about that? Can you ask him about this? Can you ask him about the, this free throw? Can you ask him about this game or whatever? And I'm like, you know, Dad, I, I can't just be a, a fanboy for yeah, you because I'm meeting Kyle Macy here. But, uh, yeah, it was like my dad was just so excited that I was getting to meet Kyle Macy. And Kyle's yeah. super, super nice guy and um, was really helpful. And I think he – I don't know if he still is coaching at – He, he was coaching at Lexington Christian, I think. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah, he's still and, at LCA. Uh, yeah. So, um, but, yeah, we I've – We haven't discussed played that. with Kyle. We yeah. haven't discussed the fact that he's a Hoosier that defected, but well, I know it, start, it started at started Purdue, at, wasn't uh, it? Purdue, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's even worse sometimes. Uh, in the UK. <laughs> yeah, and I remember he stayed in Lexington. I remember the first time I I met him at at the E Town Open. Uh, he plays that almost every year, I think. And I I went up and introduced myself to him, and I was kind of fanboy because uh, I remember uh, you know he was playing when I was on elementary school basketball teams. And I would kind of wipe my hands on my socks like he would before shooting free throws mm -hmm. and all of that. And uh, I, when I, I walked up to introduce myself to him and I just really, was really, you know, trying to play it cool, trying to play it cool. And then I talked to him for three or four minutes. And then I remember calling my dad, I just met Kyle Macy. <laughs> <laughs> so here's, here's what's funny is, you know, obviously Kyle was a tremendous basketball player and people who were fans in that time loved him. He's one of the all time favorite UK fans. I, I was at an adult league championship years ago and Todd Swoboda was playing and Todd Swoboda, you know, Todd Swoboda was like six, eight or something, you know? And so in tennis, huge advantage there. And he was, he's a great tennis player. And that for me was like, and Todd Swoboda was a, the end of the bench guy. But for me, that was almost the guy I was like, I can't say anything to Todd Swoboda. Like I, I, you know, like that was my era guy, even though, Kyle was significantly a better player. So I still have that same feeling of guys of my, you know, in the nineties and whatever, if I see them out and about, I kind of have that same nervousness to, to say anything to them. 